Welcome to The Yield, the official podcast of Yield Street. Every week, we bring you the latest market insights across our asset classes and products from subject matter experts. Our aim is to break the outdated mold of investing and help you add financial fuel to your ambitions through innovative investing products and strategies, typically unavailable to most investors. Realize your next level with The Yield. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. The views you are about to hear do not necessarily reflect the views of Yield Street. This podcast is intended to be strictly informational and is not intended to be and should not be construed as a research report, investment advice, or the offer or sale of securities or any investment product. Now, let's get into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Yield. I'm your host, Milan Mehre, founder and CEO of Yield Street. And today I'm joined by six-time NBA All-Star, Brooklyn Nets assistant coach and entrepreneur, the one and only Amare Stoudemire. Amare, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So for uh, those of you unfamiliar with Amare, which I can't imagine many of you will be, let me give you a quick run-through of his extensive resume, both on and off the court. Drafted right out of high school, becoming a six-time NBA All-Star, Amare was the NBA Rookie of the Year in 2003, a bronze medalist with the U.S. Olympic team in 2004, the co-owner of Hapoa Jerusalem Basketball Club, and recently secured the 2020 championship and MVP title for the Maccabi Tel Aviv. On top of this, he is now returning to our favorite city, the great city of New York, and has joined the coaching staff at the Brooklyn Nets uh, while pursuing his MBA at the University of Miami. Amare, you are into fashion, art, investing. Is there anything you haven't done or can do? I mean, there's a few places I haven't traveled to, man. I'm all for traveling the world. I need to go and see a few more places, check off the bucket list. That's awesome. So, well, we know you started playing basketball as a teenager and obviously had a knack for it. You were good at it. Outside of basketball growing up, did you have any other entrepreneurial ambitions or spirit? Well, I mean, basketball, I always, you know, loved the game of basketball. My first sport was baseball and football is my second sport. My father was a hardworking man, so I always knew that I'd be whatever I'm doing, I'm going to give it my all and work hard at it. And so that led me to where I am now. And, uh, you know, you were drafted into the NBA at the tender age of 18. Did you have, you know, the strategy about managing your money right from the beginning? Can you, uh, you know, walk us through kind of how the process evolved? Because there is so much emphasis now on player education, making sure that the players are thinking about their future. So can you give us uh, an idea coming, uh, you know, so young into the league? How did you go through that whole process? Yeah, I mean, my first few years, I really had no idea about financial literacy. I was just learning on the fly, really trying to figure out how to manage, you know, millions of dollars at the age of 18 years old. But I did know one thing that I wanted to save money for, you know, for, for the future. And so maybe my third year, I started to really focus in more on financial literacy, start learning more about what that meant and being able to start to implement that within my personal finance. That's good to hear, Amari. I think you are lot more thoughtful than, than lots of people in kind of the sporting world. Can you tell us uh, or tell our audience a little bit about how did you get started in business and what encouraged you first about the investment world, about your investments? Well, first got started by just learning about it. There was always opportunities for me to get involved, but I was always somewhat played the, um, you know, I wasn't very you know, excited about getting involved in something I didn't know much about. And so what I did was I, I learned about each particular opportunity that I had that was brought to me. And so I would choose whichever one I had passion for. And then I would learn, you know, while I was involved with this company, 
to learn more about the business side of things and, and the, 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 the lingo within business and being able to really apply myself in that field. Yeah, that's really smart, Amari. I think uh, when I think about my angel investments, I think about it in, in a very similar lens, which is, hey, what value can I bring to the company? What are my skills that I can really help the entrepreneurs with and, and really not only enhance the value of the company, and but also enhance the value of my investment? So, uh, you know, as we know, earlier on, your portfolio was, you know, impressively diversified and it continued to be. Why was that important for you to diversify? So, you know, you have, you know, investments in like, Rumble Boxing, Spiritual Gangster, your, you know, farms, as well as your Stoudemire wine that we spoke about earlier. Tell us a little bit about that approach. Well, you know, for me, it's mainly about being able to really, um, you know, get involved in things that I'm passionate about. And so whenever these opportunities were brought my way, I actually wanted to get involved because it's a part of me. It's a part of who I am. And I'm able to give that sweat equity toward each brand and really get to completely involved in the company. So uh, each and every company I deal with that I'm involved in, I have a personal interest toward the company, which allowed me to learn more about about that space and also give that sweat equity that's imperative uh, for each company. So obviously, uh, Amari, uh, sports and investing are, you know, in some ways very similar. You have to be very disciplined. You have to be trained. You have to really know your craft, but at the same time, quite different. So I'm sure there were, you know, learning curves. Can you can you talk a little bit about, you know, what did you learn when you start, first started making investments? Well, at first, I had to understand what that meant, what investment meant, to what type of ROE was I going to get on that investment? How does that equate to, you know, how do I know I'm going to make this return? I wasn't a big gambler growing up, so I didn't want to get involved in, like, losing money. Uh, so I, I was I played a very conservative game. And so with that conservative space, I started to learn more about, like, you know, the intricate details about a company that would allow you to make the money. Um, and so once I realized, you know, defer revenue or even if you have your own company, your startup company, being able to now understand your retained earnings and being able to put that back in your company to eventually make more money within your company. Uh, all these intricate lessons I've learned along the way. I mean, there were some good investments and some bad investments, but you learn from both. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. You were also very active in, in the startup investment ecosystem during your NBA career. And, you know, obviously, as you know, you're, you know, now at, at the Nets, Kevin uh, Durant is big into that. Melo has a you know venture investing firm, you know Serena Williams, Andrew Iguodala. A lot of the sports people are getting involved. Can you tell if that's going to be focused for you as well as you you know kind of explore your next like five ten years thinking about because you know obviously investments, uh, especially in startup companies across different sectors, are are becoming so popular. And especially with a lot of stuff happening in consumer behavior, changes to consumer behavior and things like that. So tell us a little bit about whether that's going to be a plan for you in the future. Yeah, you know, a startup company is always uh, brilliant for me. I, I've started a few companies with the start of my wines and also start of my farms. In my personal startup, I wanted to really build something for the family that can be a generational uh, passage. And so yeah. I started the, you know, the start of my farms and start of my wines, but I also got involved in tech. You know, I was with Forbes under 30 in Israel when they when the tech technology startup companies came out to Israel and I was there to help with that. I met with Startup Nation, a group out of Israel that are actually uh, doing amazing jobs with, with startup tech. I've collaborated with the One Card, which is a, a fintech company yeah. that's out of California. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely looking forward to get more involved in, in startups uh, for sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 
is there a specific uh, just for the sake of our audience is there specific values or characteristics you look for either in the entrepreneur or in the company itself before you think about you know getting involved or making an investment yeah, I have to look at the fiscal year, whether they made money the year before or, or the future uh, opportunities to, to make money in the future. What does that look like? You know, what's our moat? What's our differentiator from from another company? How do we how do we distinguish ourselves in that space to where we can now be ahead of the curve? Are we the only company out there that's bringing this type of technology to the world? So for sure. I try to be mindful of all those questions and figure out ways to get involved. That's really great. And I think that's a really good way to look at it. Let's change topics a little bit. Uh, obviously, in life, just as in sports, you have to be a perpetual student, continue to learn and expand your knowledge to stay ahead of the curve. You are a perfect example of that today. You're currently pursuing your MBA. At the same time, you have so much success. So, you know, it would be great for our audience to know what motivates you to continuously learn and expand your knowledge and yourself. Well, for me, I've, I'm a guy who loves learning. I mean, I just enjoy the fact of learning something that I haven't learned before. And if it interests me, then I have passion for that. And also for myself, being able to really, you know, want to apply myself in the business side of things and, and be able to have a, a solid conversation with these executives is important for me. You know, I played 18 years of professional basketball and then now being able to transfer that over to business and being able to get involved in that space and be, you know, an executive in that space, I feel like it's only right for me to take this strategic approach to learn the details uh, within the university and to eventually graduate and then go from there. That makes a lot of sense, Amari. I think if you, uh, you know, think about not only learning, but also you have a lot of experience, you know, starting and creating lots of businesses. Over the last decade, you obviously have become a serious patron of the arts, collecting pieces by Basquiat and, and Warhol, uh, as well as younger artists like Rob Pruitt and street artist uh, Retna. You have been also advising or known to advise other NBA players on how to begin their collection. Uh, were you always interested in art? Where did you get the expertise? I got the expertise at about, my, about 21 years old or so. A friend of mine gifted me this amazing painting, and I was like, this is awesome. This would be great for the home. And so once I put that painting up in my home, it just brought so much character to my place. And I was like, this is something I want to get involved in more. I need, I need to learn more about this. Uh, I wasn't ready to spend a lot of money on it. So I had to learn about the art world, uh, how to strategically collect art, how to connect with the actual artist, the, the science or the, or the understanding behind the actual painting. And so I had to learn a few years about it. And then when I signed with the New York Knicks, I really got more involved in the art space, being able to become, you know, on boards of different galleries, which is important for me. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us a little bit about, you know, when you think about building a collection while also giving back to the community, what, what do you think of uh, how art and community kind of comes together? It's amazing because what I what I started was this In the Paint series where it's like a double entendre where we talk about In the Paint is a basketball term, but it's also obviously paint is also a, a artist term. And so what I was able to do is meet these artists. We bring in the children from the local community and we have a, a painting exhibit for, for those children. And they also play basketball. We play a few games of basketball. And so what the children experience is a fun day of painting. And they have an amazing time at the, on the basketball court. They meet myself and they also meet the famous artist that's there. And then I give, you know, X amount of dollars from my foundation to the community, to the city of whatever city it is. And it's a major event, you know. And so being able to collect these worlds to the community and bring that joy and hope and fun atmosphere to the town is what I'm all about. 
So uh, we know that you don't prefer the term coach, but uh, you know how has your time with the Nets been? It's really a, a, an exciting time to be a Brooklyn Nets fan, and especially this year. This obviously is an opportunity for you to mentor the next generation of players, both on and off the field. So tell us about that because I'm sure uh, our audience are you know excited that you're back in New York, but you're also back with a very formidable uh, team. Yeah, for me, I'm taking more of the learning approach. I mean, a lot of a lot of these coaches have have coached before. I know Steve Nash is a new head coach, but a lot of the guys that's on the staff have been around for years. And so for me, this is also my first time in this coaching environment. And so I, I haven't really put a lot of thought into coaching before before this actually happened. And so for me, I'm just learning so much. I'm learning from the executive in the front office. I'm learning also from the coaching staff to figure out which lane uh, I want to go in in the future. Okay. So uh, we're almost, uh, you know, last couple of really topics and questions here. So one is, you know, obviously you have very diversified interest, right, Amari? Really a question for you. One is, what advice would you give younger players, you know, uh, who are just coming into NBA about investing? And then also generally to our audience uh, at Yield Street, which are, you know, tech and finance and and bunch of diverse uh, population that, that listen to our podcast. So what advice would you uh, give them about thinking about investments and, and long-term planning? I think the idea is, first of all, you know, save the money you've made, right? You want to make the money to then have that for future security. And then also, too, when you want to invest in a company, you should definitely learn about investing. You should, you know, put a lot of time and effort into figuring out how much money you want to invest. What happens if the company don't make the money? Are you okay with losing that money? Or is that, you know, is that going to hurt your pockets? But whatever company you get involved in, do your due diligence, you know, ask questions, uh, learn about the question you're asking, ask strategic questions, figure out, you know, what's the turnaround year of profit, how you, how many years does it take for us to see profit, what's the percentage splits between all the employees and all the people that's working for the company. So you have to, you have to ask all these questions to know uh, and to figure out exactly how much you want to put in and then also how much you're going to return. Totally makes sense. And, you know, we obviously have a lot of emphasis on education on our platform on Yield Street with regards to how people should think about investments, how they should think about their portfolio and, you know, all the interesting investments that we bring to them. And we obviously encourage uh, all of our listeners as well as investors to, uh, you know, do that level of, uh, of research. So uh, we will end with the fun game over under, which is, you know, what are you bearish about? So I'm going to give you a, a layup, which is nets to the final. The Nets are the finals. I'm I'm pulling for that. I'm going. I'm I'm, I'm leaning on that side. Yes. Okay. So you're over. That's great. That's obviously I'm bullish. Or, I'm or right. I'm or. I'm or. Okay. Got it. The second is uh, art market in 2021. The art market 2021. Or for that also, I think that's going to be a, a, a bounce back year for us in art in 2021. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you on that one. Uh, Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl on Sunday. For sure, or with that one, baby. I'm, yes. I, listen, I'm, I'm a Buccaneer fan, man. I always have been since I was invited to the camp when I was a teenager. We won a Super Bowl in 2002. We got Tom Brady. I was extremely excited. We signed more players. I was even more excited. And then now we're in the Super Bowl, man. So I'm pulling for Brady and the Buccaneers. That's awesome, man. So I'm actually a New England Patriots fan. And I am so excited for Tom Brady. I mean, he is, you know, he's obviously uh, an unbelievable GOAT. Uh, you know, just like you. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. You know, um, okay. all right. The crypto market. The crypto market. I'm a little bit bullish about, right? Okay. Um, there's so so much uncertainty. The guy who started this crypto Bitcoin stuff, no one knows where he is. It's like, what happens if it all fails and, and all your money's gone? Like, I just, I'm just not on board with that yet. Okay, fair enough. 
The last question, uh, the new administration that just uh, took office. The new administration, I'm not yeah. a big politician guy, but I'm all for like, you know, equality and change. So I'm pulling for anyone who's in office that's going to make the proper decisions. So I'm all for it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure. Amari, you are really a stylish maverick. And, you know, before I let you go, I want to uh, have you end the podcast. So what's next? Where do you uh, go from here? Well, hopefully, God willing, I'm able to now graduate for, with my MBA and then continue to, you know, hopefully win the championship here with the Brooklyn Nets and just continue my, my quest of learning and see what it, where it takes me. Awesome. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. And uh, for our listeners, remember, visit yieldstreet.com to learn more about our offerings and uh, come to Yield Street to realize your next level. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Yield. For the latest updates on the alternative investing space, go to yieldstreet.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts as this will help other investors like yourself find our show. If you have any questions, please visit us at YieldStreet.com. Thanks again for listening and see you next week. The Yield Street podcast you just heard only reflects the opinions of the host, who is an associated person of Yield Street and does not necessarily reflect the views of Yield Street or any of its affiliates or other associates. The podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be and should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell any security and is not an offer or sale of any securities or investment product. The podcast is also not a research report and is not intended to be and should not be construed as investment advice.